welcome to hey great shot this is the great shot podcast a cracked rackets and tennis channel production my name is alex gruskin Look, we at Cracked Rackets are so excited to be joining this partnership with Tennis Channel, trying to maximize our coverage of the year's final Grand Slam. But we are well aware, play begins Monday. It's go time. And so joining me to do our 2019 U.S. Open men's draw preview, he is a former Denison men's tennis superstar, the host of our Wednesday mini break pod episode, and of course, a rising candidate in college coaching circles, James Foster McDonald. Jamie, hey. Great shot. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Greskin. How you doing? Obviously excited. You can hear it in my voice, right? Yeah, of course. You're even more chipper than usual. (laughs) Well, then let's talk about it for two seconds. Uh, Max Rothman coming on later, and we're going to do the full breakdown of why we think this Tennis Channel partnership is so beneficial. But for you, Jamie, just from the get-go, this is pretty cool, right? I mean, yeah, just so exciting, right? Just the more exposure, the better, of course. You know, we're, we're happy to be expanding our audience of course, you know, being able to partner with someone who's already just so amazing in the marketplace and has such a foothold with the tennis audience is going to be a ton of fun. So, and with that being said, I mean, I'm just excited to get into the U.S. Open content, though. I don't know what's more exciting, the fact that it's the year's final slam. We're about to do 20 podcasts in 20 days. You know, it's going to be one of those uh, streaks or, yeah, as you mentioned, I think you said it perfectly. If you are going to do something in tennis media, there's no one you'd rather be partnered with than the tennis channel. So that's why we are so thrilled about that partnership moving forward. But yeah, as you mentioned, it's go time. The U.S. Open men's draw starting tomorrow. Jamie and I are going to run through each of the four quarters of the draw. Now, sometimes these, you know, previews can get very tough because there's what 64 first round matches you could talk about all of them uh, it's the year's final slam but what we decided on today's format 10 minutes per section we're going to be talking about four questions in each of the sections those are the seeds we have on upset alert the unseeded players that we think could make the second week the two favorite first round matches we have in each section and then of course we're going to end with predictions for the quarter uh, we're also going to do some big picture things looking at the draw which big three seeds do we think are least likely to make the semifinals a bonus question that Jamie doesn't know about just like this bonus partnership everything's bonus today oh, wow. uh, d- does a a next-gen guy make the semifinals. You know, those sorts of things all of the fans are wondering going into the event. We'll talk about those big questions at the end. But Jamie, so Jamie, before we start, as always, I'm going to ask Westoff, start the countdown clock, please. Let's start on the top of the draw and work our way down. Number one seed Novak Djokovic heads into this slam as the defending champion. He also, of course, a winner at this year's Wimbledon, a winner at this year's Australian Open. But in the buildup to this tournament, he only uh, you know he only plays one event in Cincinnati. He loses to Daniil Medvedev after being up a set. Uh, you know, Medvedev steals that break, steals the second set, and then kind of runs away playing this ridiculous brand of tennis in that third set. Regardless of that result. I mean, Vegas thinks it, and I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if we both think it. Djokovic enters this tournament as the prohibitive favorite, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, like you said, he did have that loss to Medvedev, and, you know, he hasn't played all of these lead up hardcore tournaments, but it's Novak Djokovic. You know, this is not somebody who needs to gain a bunch of confidence by playing hardcore tournaments. He's already won 10 times. So he's perfectly fine, and like you said, he's the favorite on paper for sure coming into this. 
And you look at this portion of the draw, again, he's the number one seed, the other seeds in his section. Number five seed, Daniil Medvedev. Obviously, the idea of them playing a quarterfinal match, that would be thrilling for all tennis fans. Other seeds in the section, you go up from here. Uh, I really like number 26 seed, Taylor Fritz, who made, you know, three finals, uh, the tournament before Wimbledon, and two finals in the run-up, but then lost first round in both Montreal and Cincinnati. Number 17 seed, Nicolas Bastrilisvili. A lot of people are circling his match with Fuksovics as an upset alert. Number 11 seed Fabio Fognini takes on Riley Opelka. You never, you know, against a seven-footer, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, number 16, Kevin Anderson pulls out of this section of the draw in Paolo Lorenzi uh, as a lucky loser. He's going to play Kalamazoo, wildcard Zach Svadja. Uh, the other seeds, number 23 seed Stan Warinka. You never want to doubt Stan at the slam. And number 27 seed Dusan the Deuce Lajevic. And so again, my first question to you, the seeds you have on upset alert in this portion of the draw yeah I mean I think there's a couple that really need to be watching out here of course I hate to say this but Stan Wawrinka um, I mean he's got to get through a few very tough ones and look it's not like he's an incredibly high seed in this one he's a 23 seed but you know he's got center the qualifier that's not an easy first round match I think we expect him to win it but it's I don't think it's by any means just a walkover then he's probably got her catch um, after that, the set, you could say the section opens up a little bit with Kevin Anderson getting out, but he still may have to take on someone like Kismanovic. You know, he's he's got some tough matches in his future, even if he's get to get through the first or second one. So I think he could be, I wouldn't say necessarily like in deep trouble, but in terms of seeds that are in some danger, um, I think that it, it's plausible to say that he's in that conversation. I think Fonini is another one right off the bat, you know, um, not so much for the potential second and third rounds, but really for that first round matchup, you know, playing someone like Opelka on home soil for him. It's going to be tough. You never know what you're going to get out of Riley Opelka, probably some tie breaks and it, like you say, anytime you're playing a guy like him, the margins are so thin that, yeah, even though he's an 11 seed, I think he could be in a little danger. To get back to what you said about Stan, uh, for our listeners who aren't aware of Yannick Sinner, I think he's now 18 years old, the young Italian. <clears throat> has had a really impressive year on the challenger circuit, obviously wins three qualifying matches. He's become sort of a tennis Twitter darling. If you're in that community, you've heard a lot about him recently. But, you know, to, to match up with Stan Wawrinka in your first main draw slam match, that's a big deal. So that's you tough. have to, you know, you worry about that sort of hurdle. You know, Hubie Hercatch was a guy I may have as my one of my unseated players that could make the second week. But you look at what just what he just did in Winston Salem, bringing home his first ATP title. As great as that is, they had that rain delay in the middle of the week, so he plays quarterfinals, semifinals the same day. I believe one of those matches for him against Tiafa went three sets. I don't remember if his semifinal did or not. But then you look. I think he beat Shapovalov in straights, right? I think so. Um, I'll look that up as we get back. But then you look at. Um, his final as well. It goes another three sets with Benoit Paire. He gets Sunday off, but he has to play Monday against Chardy. And Chardy hasn't been great, but just you play Monday, then you get another day off. You probably are, you know, he's a 20-year-old, 21-year-old kid. I'm sure you know, he's a t- tennis athlete. I'm sure he's in good shape. But like second round stand while Rinka, if you have sore legs, that's a really tough match. So that's why, you know, on the stand note, I agree on paper, it looks good, but you got, a, that's just the context I would add yeah. to that. 
Uh, with Anderson pulling out of that portion of the draw, though, a match I have not filled out on my Tourneytopia bracket. And by the way, for all of our listeners who want to you know, follow along, compete with us, have the opportunity to win some Cracked Rackets gear, some Tennis Channel gear, participate in our Tourneytopia Racket Bracket Challenge on, uh, I believe, Tourneytopia.com, but you can find the links on our website, on our Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, it's going to be a very fun competition. One of the spots I don't have filled out, Number 23 seed Stan Wawrinka, who I think will take on Miomir Kasmenovic now that there's no Anderson in that section. Mm-hmm. And given that Wawrinka is sinner than her catch and how well Kasmenovic has been playing making the quarterfinals of Cincy, that's a huge upset for, alert for me. And I don't know if Stan losing in the third round is an upset, really, but that it would be to Kasmenovic. I, I guess I agree with your point that Stan Wawrinka has a very tough 16th of the draw. Yeah, he absolutely does. And I will say this, in my bracket, I still do have Wawrinka moving through there um, and then playing Djokovic. So that being said, he's just still, I mean, look, there's a lot of danger surrounding that little section he's got there. He's got He's got some hurdles for sure. And so that's why I put him in that category. Yeah, I agree with you. And then looking at the bottom half, you mentioned it. Another, I, I would completely agree with you, Fabio Fognini. By the way, I didn't say Deuce on the Deuce Lajovic. He draws Darcis, who hasn't really done anything since he beat Nadal at Wimbledon. So, like, not really worried about that seed. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Fognini, huge upset alert. I mentioned that at the beginning. You play Riley Opelka. We've seen what he's capable of in these slam matches. He beat, yep. I think, Kevin Anderson at the Australian Open earlier this year. Or, no, that was Tiafo. He beat... Maybe, again, I got to look. There's been so many matches now, but we've seen Opelka do it at the slams. Oh, he beat Isner. That's who it was. I wasn't going to cut you off, but yeah, it was Isner. (laughs) No, please. If I'm making a mistake like that, you know by now. Come on. I know you're trying to be kind to our new Tennis Channel fans, but mm, the listeners got to know when I'm out of line, you're going to set me. Straight. I'm a polite, I'm a polite person to bring on the pod. That's really what we need to take away here. You're typecasting yourself early as the polite one. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose that's just <laughs> that, one label. That's funny, but yeah. So then you look at Riley Opelka and you look at his section, Basilashvili Fuksovics. That's wide open. If Opelka can beat Fognini, that section really w- opens up. And then on the bottom half, look, Taylor Fritz does not have an easy first round match against Feliciano Lopez. He would also not have an easy match if you get through that against Yoshihito Nishioka or Marcos Giron. Giron, a fellow California player, Nishioka, the young Japanese player who had so much success at Cincy and has had success before. But then, of course, you see Daniil Medvedev as the number five seed, and I have to imagine he's your favorite to make the quarterfinal of that bottom 16th. Yeah, yeah, that's who I've got in there. You know me and my brackets. Sometimes you call them boring party line, but uh, yeah, no, I mean Medvedev has definitely proven that he he deserves at least our respect in that regard. So yeah, I've got the five seed Medvedev moving through to the quarters there. And again, I would say Basilis, Vili, Fritz, both slight upset alert, but still favorites. Fognini, early upset alert, but if he can get through that Opelka match, yeah. then again, that draw looks very good for him. Yep. Um, I guess moving on to our second question, we mentioned Miomir Kasmenovic as an unseeded player who we mm-hmm. think could make that second week, get through Stan Wawrinka in that section. Do you think Opelka could do it if he gets through Fognini round one? I do. Uh, he's one that I had li- listed here as well, because if you look at this little section here, I mean... So here's the thing. If Fabio gets through that first round against Opelka, I think he looks very good to get to that Medvedev matchup, um, which I also think applies to Opelka. If Opelka gets through that Fonini match, I think he's got the opportunity to get to the fourth round and play Medvedev at the least. So, yeah, he's in there as mine. Do you have him in there as well? 
I have it unfilled yet. I don't know okay. what I want to do with it. I I also am looking at because I haven't decided Basilisk Vili Fuksovics yet. I think Basilisk Vili, the way he you know bashes the ball, pun intended, it's going to well, be hard for Opelka to just move around the court with him. He's the guy, same thing with Fognini, right? But then again, if Opelka can do it against Fognini, it's not that going to be any harder against Basilisk Vili. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I certainly have him circled as well on my list. Um, other unseated guys. Could Nishioka upset Fritz, upset Medvedev? Uh, yes, he's shown that level. He could do it. But I think Daniil Medvedev is coming in with a purpose. Yeah. He's hot. He's showed it all year long. He's ready for this slam. Um, yeah. All right, with that said, question number three, your two favorite first-round matches in this section. I mean, I think we're a little biased here, but I think Lopez <laughs> v. Fritz is yes. going to be, I think that's going to be a fun first-round matchup. Um, I really think it could go either way. Like I said, and I'll preface this just for the rest of the pod. What I've got in my bracket is definitely not what I think, like, if I had to bet my life on it. You know, in my bracket, when I was filling it out, I'm just like, yeah, this would be fun. Like, hey, let's see what happens. It's it's fun to see what happens to a bracket if you, like, put one big upset in and it just kind of blows it up. But regardless, um, in my bracket, I do have Fritz going over Lopez, and I do think that he's got the edge, but I think it could be a really, really fun first-round matchup. My other one... Brooksby versus Burdich. I think I think you got to put it in there. You and I talked about it a little bit. Um, like I said, this one is definitely cracked rackets bias here. But someone like Jensen Brooksby, who we have that connection with, going up against Tomas Burdich, a veteran of the tour, but someone who really has not been in good form lately. I don't know. I think that's that's cause enough for me to tune into this one more than any others. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned that as well. And look, we're about to go over time here, so I'll make mine quick. That whole section, Nishioka, Giron, Lopez, Fritz, I'd watch all of it. Um, Munar, Kopfer, we're going to have a pod with Dominic Kopfer coming out, I believe, tomorrow as a part of the end of the mini break we do, so be on the listen for that. Him versus Munar, the way Kopfer's been playing on hard courts, Munar has not played that great on the hard courts. I think that's a very fun first-round matchup. Fair. Uh, we we mentioned Sinner, Wawrinka. That's going to be fun for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, I also, I just, it's it's a fun section of the draw. It doesn't really matter where you look. And again, these are Monday's matches, so be on the lookout for that. But then we'll do this real quick. We've alluded to it, but just give me your predictions. Who makes the quarterfinals of this part of the bracket and ultimately advances to the semis? Well, so ultimately, if I'm, if I'm betting here, like I said, ultimately making it all the way through the semis, I've got Djokovic. Um, and then if I were doing that, it would be Djokovic against Medvedev. However, in my bracket, I've got Vavrinka winning the Djokovic clash in the fourth round, then Medvedev beating Stan to get to the semis. Because I, be, I think that'd be fun. So that's just me. <laughs> well, look, you're not going to win the Turnitopia prizes anyway, so have fun with your bracket. I agree. See, there you and, go. Yeah, and by the way, listeners, when you see Jamie McDonald, know that he's having fun with his bracket. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, Fabio Fognini has never made it past the fourth round, and he's made the fourth round at the U.S. Open once, and it was 2015. The last three years, he's lost second round, first round, second round. So I really love this Opelka upset, and I just think if Opelka knocks off Fognini, Medvedev's path— uh, Fritz Medvedev third round juicy um, good match yeah I, yeah I would watch all of that but I just think Medvedev's too how are you gonna out physical him in a three out of five set on a hard court unless you're Novak Djokovic and so yeah I just think Novak Djokovic Daniil Medvedev playing too high of a level those guys get to the quarterfinals yeah I'm reserving the right to change my pick later in the week but for now I'm gonna rock with Djokovic good for you <laughs> yeah hey, look I appreciate your creativity Stokowiak would be he would have a heart attack if he heard your pick Oh, well, you know, come on. I got to add some flavor here. It can't just only be Djokovic, right? Yeah, you're kind but flavorful. That's mm, your personality. I love that. Say it more. <laughs> yeah, but with that in mind, something I say all the time, Westoff, start the next clock, please. 
So let's move on to the next half of this draw, the Roger Federer portion, top half of the draw. The number three seed Federer obviously has only played once since Wimbledon as well when he suffered that devastating loss in the final. And by the way, reporters, I feel like at this point we can stop asking him about that. He's made clear what his process was. You know, it's an obvious storyline, but let the man enjoy, you know, being this good at 38 still. He's still absolutely a threat to win this tournament despite losing to Rublev the way he did in Cincy, right? Yeah. Also, what are you possibly going to get out of that question at this point? (laughs) So, Federer, was it hard losing after having two match points on your serve in the Wimbledon final? It's like, what are you supposed to say to that, you know? (laughs) It's like, how many times can we reword the same? So, so, Roger, was it difficult to uh, lose the major that means the most to you to one of your greatest rivals (laughs) after having two match points on your serve? It's like, okay, we get it, you know? (laughs) It's like, but I beat Rafa. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I think... You know, it's so funny because the way he beat Rublev, or the way he lost to Rublev, Rublev hit him off the court, right? And it was just so shocking to see someone be able to do that to Roger Federer because the way Nadal, the way Djokovic beats Roger Federer is that they break him down, right? There's the relentless attacking to that backhand side, working him side to side. Andre Rublev being able to hit through him, I suppose, kind of reminds people, oh yeah, Federer's 38, he's not going to play defense at the level he once did. But still, his aggressive brand of tennis, you saw it at Wimbledon. There's no reason you'd doubt it now. And look, this is a guy he uh, made—he lost quarterfinals of the Australian Open, but still quarterfinals. He lost semifinals of the French Open to Nadal, but still semifinals. He lost finals of Wimbledon. He's right in the mix. For sure. I mean, absolutely. His name's Federer. He's going to be in the mix until there's something clearly telling us otherwise. Exactly. But we often used to bet what happens first, Roger Federer retires or we join Tennis Channel. And I guess we win that. That's another thing. Roger Federer outlasted. I guess. Yeah, I guess that just add that one to the list. (laughs) The accomplishments. Um, But all right, question number one, the seeds in this section on upset alert. Yeah, I mean, I think there are definitely a few here. Uh, I think one for me right off the bat, this is sort of a big one, Nishikori. Um, not necessarily in the first or second round, but when you start moving through this one, for me, um, he is definitely in danger of not living up to the seventh seed here. I think someone like a Damon Auer who's going to be coming at him in what would hypothetically be a third round matchup could be something really difficult. Um, additionally, around after that, if he does get through it, he's got someone like a Chorich or a Ronich coming at him, uh, maybe even a Dimitrov if he gets on fire. So I think he's got a lot of work to do, especially in those third and fourth round matches, to even get to the quarters where by his seed he's expected to get that's why i've highlighted him do you agree with that i i have him right now losing to alex dimenauer that's what i have too and i think it's it's pretty obvious right because one of the big things plaguing kane nishikori i got the chance to to listen to him talk about it in cincy the elbow injury right it's been Mm -hmm. nagging him since wimbledon sure look at what he does uh in montreal i believe he lost or in canada in cincinnati just not good results at either of those but still you look at what he's done in general at the slams this year and he's been very successful yeah you know first round loss to nishioka and cincy uh he goes to canada first round loss seven six in the third to gasquet and i guess in context neither of those losses that bad um but still he when you have a nagging injury like this even though he's made the quarterfinals at all of the other majors it's just on a hard court you know three out of five sets you don't want a physical ailment because of how physical these matches are going to get and you don't want to play Alex Dimenauer at all if you have any sort of ailment right no I think that's definitely true and I mean he's a guy look 
Nishikori, we've looked at him. A lot of times he's sort of the guy you expect to get to a certain point that you think, so maybe the quarters, and then that's it. But this one, look, it's going to be tough for him to even get that far right now. This is a tough draw for him. Like you said, we, you and I both see that potential Thimanauer matchup as being one that not only could be incredibly fun to watch, but one that he could even end up losing. Um, so that's why I've got him in a bit of a dangerous spot there. I think um, Christian Guerin, I mean, look, it's a 31 seed, but he's in a lot of danger because look who he's got to run into second round, Dimenauer. Um I think another one I've got in here is George. Or, by the way, just Eubanks first round, not the easy. What if Eubanks gets hot? No, with the absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, Christian Guerin's not a clay core here. Not to say that he can't <laughs> yes, play on um, anything but clay, but yeah, exactly. You've got someone like Eubanks who you never, you never know, right? Like if he's just bombing serves and hitting shots, like, right, that's not easy to get through at all. Then you've got Dimenauer then, I mean, you, you've got a lot to get through there, so that's going to be a tough one for him. I think Raonich, just because there are some question marks around him right now, he's got somebody uh, like Jerry, who's had a very good 2019, um, and another big guy who can pretty much do anything on a racket with his racket on any given day. Um, and then finally, I was I think I was going to say this, Chorich. Um, he's the 12 seed mm. here, but not a guy who we've seen, at least very, very recently, just a ton of his best work let's put it that way um so i think there's some question marks if somebody like dimitrov gets hot there's no reason he can't cut him out that's why he's in a little bit of danger so and Raonic can take him out i think but i guess this would be a third if it's part of a quarter and it's like half of a quarter it you'd think it's a 16th but now i think it's actually a little lower than that i think this is like this 32nd of the draw i guess maybe the 16th of the nishikori chorich section I think that's the section most susceptible to upsets, just up and down yep. the list. I completely agree with you. Yep. Christian Guerin, you know, he's been fine, but he hasn't been great on the hard right. courts. Nishikori right. injured, we talked about. Milos Raonic has been injured a lot, and as you mentioned with the big hitter, that's a great point. Borna Chorch is a guy I had circled as someone I wanted to talk about in this preview because you look at his results uh, since, you know, he doesn't play Wimbledon, he's out with injury, then he goes, plays in Croatia on the clay, loses first round in three. You can kind of excuse that given that, you know, first match back, whatever. But then the next round, he you know, he goes to Montreal, beats Gojewitz 7-6 in the third. That's not a crazy win. No. Uh, he plays Manorino. He ends up losing that match 6-2, 6-1. That's yeah, gets, not a good He gets burnt out. Yeah, I mean, he, got, he got obliterated in that match yeah and then I was at that Opelka match and I know uh-huh. it got rain delayed at the end but George it, like his you know Riley was comfortable Riley yeah. was making returns Riley was playing big Riley Opelka tennis during return games George wasn't able to just dictate everything the second the rally really began and that's concerning so you know that Dimitrov matchup Dimitrov's just like thank god I don't play Wawrinka the obvious yeah, joke basically. but but it's you know George is great I I'm glad you didn't mention Jack Sock upsetting Raonic because do you have Jack Sock winning his first round match? No. See, it's Cuevas. And like Jack Sock right now, he's thick. But like Cuevas. No, is so a- I mean, look, it's nothing. This really, um, I mean, honestly, my pick of Cuevas over Sock really is not anything against Jack Sock. Um, Pablo Cuevas is just an incredibly solid player. And for someone like Jack Sock, not only stylistically, but just not in the, his best rhythm at all. He's still very much on a comeback here. Cuevas is kind of a nightmare for him to play. Someone who can be that solid from the ground at all times, that is a very, very difficult matchup. Now, if Jack Sock gets in great form here and is ripping forehands and can dictate everything, sure, definitely not out of the realm of possibility. In terms of talent, I think he's definitely above Cuevas on this one. However, Cuevas is very solid, and you know we've just got no, I guess, recent proof from Jack Sock to show that he would be able to get through this one. 
that's fair. And look, the thing that makes me most upset about saying there's so many seeds of vulnerable in this section is I could see there being a ton of chaos where, let's say, George loses second round to Dimitrov or Rayonish loses that first round match to Jari. Nishikori goes out to Dimenauer. And then it's like Federer's path to the semifinals just wide open. And it's just like that's the exact—you know, it feels like that always happens now. And you look in the Federer spec- uh, section specifically, we haven't mentioned Luca Pui, Australian Open semifinalist. He's got Cole Schreiber, then the winner of Manorino and Evans. So you could see him maybe giving Federer a bit of a test in that mm-hmm. third-round matchup. Uh, Guido Pea, another senior, you know, he's got Carreno Busto, who's been playing well of late. Pea hasn't really done much on the hard courts this year either. And then David Goffin, Cincinnati finalist. And it's like, is is Goffin going to be the one who gets a shot at Federer? Could Goffin be the one in that fourth round who shocks Fed? Has he shown that high of a level? And you're just like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and no, but I mean, that doesn't mean it can't happen. But I mean, look, like, like Goffin, I mean, like, what a phenomenal player. Look, like, but hot too, do you right? Ever Comes think, in with good form. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is in good form. That's fair. But do you really go into that confidently saying he can take out Federer? Like, no, because he no. can't really hurt him. That's why. Right. That's that's part of it. And so it's just it's difficult to look at that matchup and expect anything else but a Federer win. I mean, look, Goffin can play at a really high level. Um, even in majors, he took a set off of Nadal at the French. Like he can, I don't know. He can make these interesting matches. It's just, can he get over the hump and actually beat Federer in, in a setting like this? And the answer, at least just going off of what we've seen recently, is no. I. I... I don't disagree with that assessment, but I think I'm turning to because there's always that when Federer loses early, it's when the draw opens up for him, and you're like, oh, he's going to cruise, and then Goffin sneaks out a win over him. And so I may, yeah, I, I may sneak that in, because you remember his loss to Millman last year? Really? Yeah. Like, it came out of nowhere, and David Goffin does everything John Millman does, but a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think it's going to happen again, but... Go ahead and toss it down if you like. Yeah, that's fair. Well, then, in this section, we kind of mentioned Dimenauer as a threat to make that fourth round, but any other unseeded players you like? I mean, now, the Dimenauer and Dimitrov are mine that I want to watch, or excuse me, that I think can make a run without being seeded. Dimenauer, we already talked about. I think he's got that win over Nishikori as a possibility, and then, you know, who knows from there. I agree. Dimonauer is the guy. Dimitrov over Chorich, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Is is there a potential Pablo Carreno Busta or Yuri Vesely fourth round streak in there? <sighs> I, no. I mean, I think you've got more of a chance with the first one than Vesely there, but no. That's I don't fair. think so. I think Carreno Busta, maybe, but no. I mean, look, Guido Pella is playing really well in 2019. Then he would also have to get through Gofen to get there, right? So, no, I don't think so. That's fair. Well, then, question. I, I agree with you. Uh, question number three, two favorite first-round matches. Yeah, I think uh, number one is Jack Sock and Pablo Cuevas. I think for me— You just and, love Sock. You always have. You always will. And I, so well, do I, but I'm just saying. First of all, no, that's not the reason I'm saying this. And it's the same with um, one of my answers from last section, too. I think it's any time someone is just sort of—there's a question mark around somebody. I think it's really interesting, right? Like, any time you're thinking, like, oh, you know, where's his level at right now? Right? I think that makes it really interesting for a first-round matchup. So I think that's me right now with Jack Sock because, you know, like I said earlier, talent-wise, I think he can absolutely win this match. It's just where is he? Where's his head at? You know, how good is his game right now? How big is his forehand right now? Right? So, like, there's so many different questions here. And really, in this sort of matchup, Jack Sock has every ability to win this match on his racket if he's playing well. 
because Cuevas, we know what's coming, right? We know the incredibly solid grinding guy. We know that's coming, and so it's up to Jack Sock. And so I think that little narrative and that sort of matchup makes it interesting enough to watch, and that's why I, cho- I circled it as one of my two out of this section. Um, I think Raonic versus Jerry is another one. Like I said, mm-hmm. another guy who we don't know where exactly he's at right now is Milos Raonic. Um, and so that's another reason why I have that stylistically too. You just never know what's going to happen when you have these two huge guys, big hitters matching up. Granted, you already know me. I'm, I'm biased against this. This isn't my favorite brand of tennis by any means, but nonetheless, that doesn't discredit the fact that I think it's going to be a very interesting match in a first round match at that to watch. Completely agree. I'll give my answers quickly. If you were born before 1995, you're going to love yourself some Luca Pui, Cole Schreiber, Manorino, Evans, Forsum. If you were born after 95, that Garen, Eubanks, Herbert, Dimenauer section, I would watch all you know all of those because I, I think that's fascinating tennis. Chris Eubanks, a ton of weapons. Obviously, a former college guy, guy we've had on cracked interviews. Herbert, a former number one doubles player in the world, has a ton of skills. Is going to make it hard on Alex Dimenauer. Going to put a lot of pressure on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you know, and then I I agree with your matches as well. Jari Raonic, I'm in on a lot of big hitting, and I try not to watch Raonic if I don't have to, but <laughs> I feel like I have to watch that one. Uh, Dimitrov Seppi too. Don't sleep. Andre Seppi is a, f- a nice tennis player. I mean, that's definitely fair. We're at the U.S. Open here. Most of these people, if well, <laughs> don't even say most. All of them, they're all nice tennis players. Well, they're all good tennis players. Let's put that's it that funny. way. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Well, then, all right, we're we're way over time. So quickly, predictions for the quarter. I mean, Federer. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he beating? Sorry. Who's coming out of that bottom half? I mean, I don't know. In in the draw, I've got it going Federer against Raonic, actually. Um, and then yeah. Federer. So, yeah, because I have Raonic taking out Damon Hour after Damon Hour over Nishikori. See, I don't have George Dimitrov decided yet, and that'll really be the final wrinkle. I think I'm going to end up going George Dimonauer on that bottom line. half. Yeah, George Dimonauer. Uh, I guess I'll take George. I'm going to go with the George Gofan section. I'm going to take the Gofan over Federer upset because why not? But again, like the other section, I reserve the right to change. And then if it comes down to Gofan George, give me George Djokovic in the semifinals. I would just love that matchup so much. And you why? know, Boris don't you George think Djokovic? Well you don't think Djokovic would just roll him at this point? I mean, he might, but they, you know, they play kind of similarly. George is just a, a lot worse version. Yeah, Not but a lot see, that's that's like worse. the worst thing you could possibly yeah, throw at Djokovic. But, that, but so, that screams 2-3-2. Two, and two. Yeah, that's what I thought about Medvedev, though, as well. But the other thing, no, Matt, Zem- Matt Zemek, who you affectionately rec- uh, refer to as Zimama, uh, yeah, he always makes this Yeah, he, he always makes this point of, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny, um, you, you want these young players to have the opportunity to play these guys in the later stages. And even sure. if Djokovic blew George out just to be on that semifinal stage, beneficial long-term, of course I'm projecting because I'm just a fan of next-gen players in general. Uh, and I do agree Djokovic would probably steamroll to the final, but he's going to steamroll to the final anyway. So why not just do it through George? I mean, fair enough. I'll, I'll be you and annoyingly say I don't disagree. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, all right, well then with that in mind, Westoff, start the next clock, please. We will move to the Stefano Tsitsipas and Dominic Team portion of the draw. And yes, I do say both of those names because I don't I think like, it's fair okay. to, say, to say one is a prohibitive favorite over the other coming into this section. But you look at the seeds here again, Dominic Team, the four seed, Edmund, the 30 seed, FAA, the 18 seed, Monfils, the 13 seed. RBA, the 10 seed, Berrettini, 24, Kyrgios, 28, Tsitsipas, 8. Just on those seeds alone... 
anyone could win this section. You got a lot of talent in this section, that's for sure. You also have a lot of, I mean, I don't know. Well, let's just talk about it right off the bat. Curious, right? You yeah. just, you never know. We'll see what, yeah. we'll see what gets through. But, I mean, he's got a first round matchup. Stevie J, you know, tough for both there. I mean, I don't think either of them are necessarily, well, who knows what goes through Curious's head when he looks at a draw. <laughs> but, I mean, difficult for both, absolutely. Um, I think it's very interesting. Curious, of course, coming off of some, some dramatic on court action and, and all those fines and whatnot. But, at the end of the day, when you're still looking at this, it's still like, oh, it could be a curious Sitsipas matchup, and you know that's exciting in and of itself. So, this draw, or this section of the draw, is definitely very exciting. Um, you've got a ton of, you just have so much talent in this; it's crazy. I, yeah, you're right. And you look at one of the first round matches that you talk about upsets alerts later. One of my favorite first round matches, number 24 seed Matteo Berrettini, who was so good, you know, in that middle third of the season after the Australian Open up until and through Wimbledon. Then he got a little bit injured, but he takes on Richard Gasquet, who, you know, flashed back to 2009 with his level in Cincinnati and. Given Berrettini's lack of you know match toughness, I suppose since the injury, you maybe make Gasquet a slight favorite, or do you think last week may have just been you know one of those weeks for him? So I don't know about a slight favorite, um, but I think it, it turns the conversation. I think if last week hadn't happened for Gasquet, this match isn't really anything that people are really talking about that much. I think last week puts Gasquet in the conversation more and be like, hey, this is an interesting first round because look how good Richard was last week. You know, can he maintain that and can he, you know, put that level back up there? So I think that is really where the, the conversation goes at that point because you're right. As of late, and I mean, it's not like Berrettini has been, you know, blowing anything out of the water, impressing us, right? So he's definitely, he's one that I circled um, for upset alert. I assume that you're talking about him because you circled him for a bit of an upset alert as well. Yeah, I just, that's another one of the sections I don't know about. I also, you could make an argument, and I guess this isn't really an upset, but maybe as you get towards the fourth and fourth round, quarterfinal round, RBA may be the most consistent player on the season in this section. I mean, Roberto I have Batista RBA. Could, yeah, I have RBA going all the way through and then losing to team. Oh, so he's your quarterfinalist? Yeah, I have RBA so, against team. Because that's what I'm saying. When you look at this section of the draw, first of all, undoubtedly, again, I'm ruining question three because I mentioned Berrettini and Gasquet. True. The matchup in this section, well, Stevie J. Kyrgios is nice, but Rublev Tsitsipas, yep. hello. That's my number one, absolutely. I mean, it has to be, especially what we saw from Rublev recently and, of course, Tsitsipas, his own narrative, right? Like, this is an incredible matchup. Two young guys, um, both absolutely bang the ball. So I I think you're crazy if you don't circle this one as the number one to watch. Especially because in that next matchup, for either Bjorn Fertangelo, the American wildcard, or Jill Simone, Fertangelo ranked in that 120-ish range. Uh, Jill Simone lost both of his first-round matches at the Rogers Cup and uh, in Cincinnati, so he's not necessarily coming in in great form. You could argue the winner of that Rublev Tsitsipas, given that we never know what you're going to see from Nick Kyrgios, is the favorite to make that fourth round. And, uh, you know, we talk about uh, unseeded players that could make the second week. Andre Rublev's on the top of that list. It's just, can he get through Stefano Tsitsipas, who, given the fact that he's played so many matches this season, you know, I think he's in the top five, along with Medvedev in the big three, in terms of most wins on the season. But he also has a few more losses than those guys because he's played so many more events. Uh, It's just... The wear and tear is real, and yeah, he lost early in Cincinnati. He has a week and a half to recuperate, and he's yeah. 21 years old, so of course that's a thing. 
But it comes down to, do you want the guy who was hot at the beginning of the year and has kind of cooled off since, or the guy in Andre Rublev who, coming off of injury, he's, you know, fresh and he's as hot as you can get. So it's, it's a I must mean, watch. Yeah, I think the, the thing you got to remember, too, is Sissipas. I think that he's had some time. Like you said, he did lose early in Cincy. He also lost early in Canada. So he's definitely had some time to recuperate, regather himself, and, and get back to maybe where he was earlier in the year, where he really started making those big breakthroughs and making those jumps in the rankings. So I think you got to go in and think that he is a pretty big favorite here. But, you know, also at the same time, you got to think, hey, Rublev can win that for sure. I just love the way Rublev can hurt Tsitsipas, right? With that form, he can make him uncomfortable, make him play defense. So it's going to be a really fun match to watch, Um, you know, in terms of, again, the other seeds on upset. Kyrgios, I guess he'll upset all of us if he has one of his meltdowns. So you never know with him. Uh, We haven't talked about this one yet. And given, you know, we're halfway through this section of the draw, FAA Shapovalov. Yeah. I mean, second year in a row. What, what do we do with this? Yeah, I mean, so this is interesting, at least with your questions. Upset alert for seeds. <laughs> I've got Felix. Unseeded players who could make that deep run. I've got Shapo. And first round match to watch, I've got Shapovalov and Felix. So <laughs> we were going to get to this match pretty much any way you slice it. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is just... I mean, it's unfortunate in some ways, but it's also really awesome that we get to see this match at US Open. I still haven't really landed on one side or the other, and maybe it's just it, there's good and bad here, but it's it, right. Like, it's unfortunate, but both of these guys, such good friends, young Canadian guys who are, you know, um, coming up, they have to play each other in the first round. But then again, like, it gives a, another great scene for them to play, and, you know, undoubtedly they're going to be friends and go out through their careers, you know, much, much past this time for years and years, hopefully. Regardless, so I mean, maybe this is an okay thing that's happening. I just, I think they both got to probably when they looked at the draw, like, all right, come on, you kidding me? Like, come on. Yeah, and and you don't want to say it's a narrative flip from last year. By the way, any way you slice it, hey, great shot. Always appreciate a good pun, but it's just it's so different um, than last year because FA was the rising newcomer versus Shapovalov, who I think was seated and the clear favorite, right? And now narratives completely turn. FA is the 18 seed. He's had one of the three best next gen seasons alongside of Medvedev and Tsitsipas, and you know, however you want to slice it, hey, great shot. Um, But Shapovalov comes in to this hot he's a lot you know he made the semifinals of Winston-Salem playing the best tennis I have seen him play in 2019 beating you know Miomir Kasmenovic who we talked about in that first portion of the draw a quarter finalist at Cincy so you never know with Denis Shapovalov Plus, he enters the match with FAA with far more Grand Slam experience, mm-hmm. far more you know best of five set experience, which is Grand Slam experience. But just to specify what I mean, it's not even the stage; it's the fact that you know he physically understands how to pace himself in the format. Plus, their best friend, you know, long dated friends. So there's that mental advantage. Shapovalov being a little bit over. And then you look at the implications for this portion of the draw, right? Because the winner of that, uh, you know, Monfils has been injured of late. He hasn't been as good as he was earlier in the year. Dominic Team, Kyle Edmund, the other seeds, uh, you know, Edmund's been okay. Team was sick in Montreal, sick in Cincinnati, but it has said he's, you know, now healthy and ready to go. But, you know, the last we saw him, it wasn't good form. So the winner of this match, if they play well, they really could find themselves, you know, not only in the second week, but maybe even in the quarterfinals. Yeah, definitely possible because, like you said, I mean, this this little mini section here definitely is wide open. And look, so in my bracket, for example, granted, mostly for fun, but also it's possible here. Shapovalov, <laughs> I've got running all the way through to team. Um, and then you've got team going up well, against RBA. Well, he beat RBA. Songa a couple years ago at the Open, right? 
Yeah, Who shot Polov? Yeah, so Monfils just another Frenchman. Right, yes, yeah, exactly exactly the same. Um, <laughs> no, so I mean, I think in team two, look, when you have this conversation team, of course, when he's on his game, incredibly good. But also, we've seen him flame out of majors. So, I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility either, right? So, I, I don't know. This section of the job is of the draw is very, very intriguing, and it all really starts with that Shapovalov FAA first-round matchup. So tons can be determined just solely based off of that one, I think, but nonetheless, it's going to be really exciting. I also swear to God there's a world where Sasha Bublik serves out of his mind, knocks off team and admin second and third round, and somehow finds himself in the round of 16. I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. How much you want to bet? Okay. No, I was about no, no. to say, I was like, I'll take money on that one I for think Bavada would put those lines at 100 to 1, but if I had money to spare, it, there's a world where it happens, but it's very unlikely. Uh, all right, it's we've probably not this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've talked about the seeds on Upset Alert. We've talked about our favorite first round matches to kind of link these two. Are there any unseeded players you could see making, you know, that second week? What's your prediction for the quarter? Yeah, I mean, the unseeded ones we already talked about, it's Rublev and Shapovalov, of course. Um, I think they can both, they both have the ability to do it. Um, otherwise, though, if I'm just going straight up to my quarter, I've got RBA and team. Um, the, the more interesting part for me, why I've got Bautista Agut there is because I have Sitsipas losing to Kyrgios. Curious, losing to Batista Agu, and then team coming up strong as the four seed on the bottom side and taking out RBA. Yeah, listeners may be surprised to hear this. I'm a bit indecisive sometimes, really? so I have <laughs> so I haven't quite filled out my bracket. See, this yet. isn't it, fair. This is no, fair. no, no, no. That's it is fair because I'm going to give you my picks. But as always, I'm milking every hour. We're recording this Sunday, five twenty-three. I have till eleven or ten fifty-nine fifty-nine tomorrow to click submit so i could have you know i I like listening to you you're very smart you're a fun podcast co-host that's why i like hearing your points um but it's it's tough man i mean yeah it is tough i just gotta do it yeah exactly i love the rba pick but i'm still trying to talk myself into picking dominic team to win this event i'm certainly want to pick dominic team to go to the finals and i think that's what i'm going to end up doing i just think if he's healthy the breakthrough he had at indian wells he's been in a slam final how many non-big three guys right now can say that how many of those guys who can then say that have actually played at that high of a level this year to be considered a threat to win the slam as well Uh, i just I, i like him in the finals i like him in this section For some reason, and I know I'm going to regret it, and we haven't talked about him at all because we spent all of the past two weeks talking about him, I see Nick Kyrgios, if he plays Stefano Tsitsipas, that's the matchup he wants. And I think think that's the motivation. If he can get there, he wins that. I think he beats RBA after that, and he matches up with Dominic Team. but that's when, you know, Dominic Team just too good. There's a very real chance that that happens. I think the problem is there are just so many variables, especially exactly. around Curios, not only mentally, but, I mean, physically. Look, look this is this is a really tough, look, it's a, it's two weeks, three out of five sets. And he's somebody who's been plagued with some injuries, you know, knee, his arm, arm is always all taped up. So he's always got stuff going on. And so I think that coupled with the fact that he would have to get through some matches mentally and, and physically, of course, you know, I, I don't know. I think it makes it tough here. And I think playing someone like Bautista Agut, even if you're not exhausted from a City Pass matchup, is really difficult because, I mean, look, it's Bautista Agut. The guy's a machine. He's going to make you do so many different things. And unless Kyrgios keeps, you know, just red-hot momentum, he's going to be in some trouble. I, com- I I agree. My mom the other day, this is just a random listener, she says sure. I say I completely agree too often. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to change what I'm saying. That is a very valid point, Jamie, and mm. it's why we wanted to bring up that route uh, because that's one of the scenarios that – is you know it's plausible it's yeah. definitely in play much more so than yuri vesley making the fourth round uh yeah 
<laughs> so with that in mind, Westoff, start the clock one last time. Let's move on to our final quarter. This, to me, I don't want to say it's the least interesting section of the draw, but it was the most solvable portion of the draw. And you look at the seeds in this section, of course, we are now at number two seed, Rafael Nadal's portion. Rafa, the winner in Montreal, and then, you know, locks it up, hangs it, you know, gets as much rest, puts those knees and whatever he does to rest up, get them fresh for the U.S. Open. You look at the other seeds in his section, number 32 seed, Fernando Verdasco, 22 seed, Marin Cilic, obviously 22 next to his name, given that he's a former U.S. Open slam champion champion. We saw him in a Grand Slam final not that long ago. Uh, it's kind of weird to see that. And then John Isner, who's you know, really not played well since coming back from injury, uh, the number 14 seed. He won in Newport, but early exits in both Montreal and Cincinnati. The top portion of the straw wide open. You know, number nine seed Karen Kiachnov, number 20 seed Diego Schwartzman, who wins a title since Wimbledon on hard courts. Number 29 seed Benoit Paire makes the final in Winston-Salem. And then, of course, the biggest question mark maybe in the draw, number six seed Alex Virev, who now with the new Team 8, Roger Federer's management team, he's on Twitter. It's a whole new him. Who are the seeds you see on Upset Alert in this portion? I mean, yeah, there's a few that stand out to me here. Um, one, John Isner. Um, I think just because we don't hey, know what's going great on. Great shot. Stands out. Nice. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, guy's, guy's a monster. But anyway, I mean, I'm saying, look, the 14 seed John Isner here, like, of course, he's going to have so much crowd support. He's going to have confidence because he's got all the experience. But we just don't know how close to, you know, top tier form John Isner he is right now. Um, and so. You've got someone like potentially Stroof in the second round who we've seen get red hot in 2019. That's dangerous to me. So that's why I've got him there. I think Zverev is on upset alert. Um, he might just be on he, – Zverev might just be on upset alert in every single major preview <laughs> we do until he proves otherwise. Um, and maybe that's unfair, but look, he doesn't have the easiest path necessarily for him, someone who hasn't proven consistency in the majors. He To prove his seed, you know, he would have to get through Tiafo, then Benoit Pair, then Hatchinoff or Schwartzman. Um, and so that's a difficult combination to get through, especially maybe if you don't have the most confidence in the world. Um, I don't see him getting through all the way to Nadal. I think the way I've got it filled out my pra- in my bracket, I've got him getting through to Hatchinov and then Hatchinov taking him out, which I think is, is eh, I would argue, the most plausible outcome at this point for that little uh, smaller section of the draw. But he could be in some trouble. And then finally, I've got Verdasco because Verdasco is the 32 seed and his second round matchup, uh, most likely against Chung, some guy who, you know, look, he's pretty good and he's got a solid backhand. So he could give Verdasco some trouble for sure. Uh, but yeah, those are my three seeds that I'm watching out for. They're, they are definitely on upset alert. I mean, look, I agree with you about Alex Zverev, that he plays Radu Elbot. You'd think that'd be a nice matchup, but I watched Elbot in Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure he beat Chilich. He gave him all he could handle. He played extreme, you know, he played well. Chilich wasn't playing great, but a guy who's going to have confidence, not going to be afraid of the number six by Zverev's name. Uh, Francis Tiafo versus Karlovich has a, sec- a potential second round matchup for Zverev. Always interesting to watch two next gen guys go up against each other. But I think Tiafo would actually be the perfect type of matchup for Zverev. Someone who's not really going to hurt him, you know, make him bust around the court. Someone who's going to play around, hit slices, play at Zverev's pace. Uh, Benoit Pair. Look, it, it's the same thing we said about Shapovalov. It's the same thing we said about Hercatch and Steve Johnson. He was a finalist this week at Winston Salem, yeah. and the schedule was nuts. And so, like, the difference between Pear and those other guys, Pear doesn't play till Tuesday. And so getting two days off, that's a lot. You know, if you're a professional, if you can't recover 
after two days off, you're not going to win anything at the U.S. No, Open. you're not doing anything. Yeah, and so with that level, he's got, you know, Braden Schneider, the former UNC All-American, a crack, former Cracked Interviews guest, not the worst first-round matchup for him. Um, yeah, it's, he. I, I'd put a flyer on pair and upset alert just because of, you know, the fatigue. Just watch for that. I don't really know what to think of the Kachanov section. Songa, Sangren, Pospisil, none of them have played that great in 2019. So it's like, can they really beat uh, Kachanov three out of five? I don't think so. Schwartzman, ugh. I mean, I agree with you on Isner. Isner, I, I have Isner losing to Struff. Like, I, I think that's about, you know, there's yeah. always a top 16 seed who loses. We love John Isner. You know, hopefully he will come on the podcast soon. Um, but Struff's been really good. I and mean, he really had, and he's a big hitter too. Right. Yep, absolutely. That was a tough one for me to fill out. Ultimately, I did, um, in my bracket, I put Isner above just because, you know, rooting for Americans. But yeah, Struff, very, I mean, that's a very likely outcome is this. Struff takes out Isner. That's definitely I could possible. See, I mean, Struff, look, not the easiest draw. He's got Casper Rude first. Then, uh, uh, then, you know, Casper Rude, a young guy, uh, very talented. Then he'd have to play Isner. Then he'd potentially have to play number 22 seed Marin Cilic. Yeah. But but uh, in terms of unseeded players that can make the second week, you know, Hyun Chung, a qualifier in this section, I think we both agree he's going to beat Ernesto Escobedo, then Verdasco to reach that third round. It's just really tough with that right. being the third exactly. round against Nadal. Yeah. But Struff is the one unseeded player I really have circled yeah. as second round threat or yeah. second week threat in this uh, portion. Yep, totally agree. Struff is the number one I've got. The only other one I have in here, um, mainly because you and I agreed to pick two, um, is Tiafo. Um, I think it's possible if he gets through Zverev. I, that's not a great matchup for him, but I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. I think he can, if he can get through that one, he has that chance to get through to Hachinov, then likely he would uh, probably lose to Hachinov in that one. But you know, I think there is the possibility for him to get to the second week, but in terms of who has the best possibility, I think it's Struff. I, 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 yeah. See, you're going to hear me catching myself now. I'm working on it. Yeah, Struff's the guy. He's played that well. He has been that good, and he's got the right sort of seeds in Isner and Chilich who have struggled of late. Mm-hmm. That there's there's always an unseeded player in that fourth round, and if you're looking to make a bet on a guy, I think we both agree this is the guy to pick. Yep. Um. All right. You mentioned Tiafo. I. I don't know. I I like. I really like Alex Zirov in this portion, I guess. I, I like Tiafo's first match with Karlovich. That's probably one of my favorite first-round matches in the section. Yep, I've got that one. That is my number two one to watch. Yeah. Yep. Are we in agreement that number one, Escobedo Chung? No, that's oh, not what that, I had. That's but my you, number you can one. go I'm first. All... Go for it. Yeah, sorry. I'm To go a little bit out of order here, Escobedo Chung, that's, that's the one for me. Ernesto has been playing as well as he's played since the end of 2016, beginning of 2017. Simply put, he hits the ball as hard as any human on the tour. And that doesn't mean it goes in every time, but I'm saying he can do that sort of damage. And look, Hyun Chung, he won his first challenger back, made the quarterfinals before retiring with an injury, steamrolled through qualifying, uh, has really looked good of late. We both marvel at his backhand down the line. It's just a thing of beauty mm-hmm. but again I, I as much as i would love to i i don't think he can overcome a threat like rafa this early in his comeback no i don't think so either i think nadal's looking at that and feeling pretty okay about that part of the draw yeah so my match is chung escobedo probably 
actually Sandgren Sanga might be my second. What are that's you? That's my number. That's my number one. Sanga yeah. Sandgren is my number one. I mean, Tennis Sandgren, a guy who um, there's a lot you can say about him, but granted, at the beginning and especially just through 2019, we've seen a lot from him. You know, of course, he had that deep run at Wimbledon. Um, I was there and I actually got to see that crazy match against Jill Simone. That was a ton of fun to see in person. But you know, a guy who we're not really sure exactly what he can do but look he's going to be fired up he's going to have some crowd support here as an american um and and he can definitely do some damage up against a guy like sanga who hey you know what this isn't peak form joe willie but it's still it's still sanga and so i think there's um a lot of potential both unseated coming into this and ultimately regardless of who wins this i do have this person losing to hatchinov but i think the sanga sangren first round is definitely one you're going to want to watch yeah and if Sanga can do some damage, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he could beat Kachanov. Do you I ever? Yeah, it's just it's such a wide open it's, portion of the yeah. draw. It, it begs the question: Who do you have in your quarterfinals and semis? So, I mean, I'll answer the first part really quick. I think it's possible that Sanga could win that match. We just, like I said, I feel like a broken record here, but we haven't seen enough recently for mm-hmm. him to make that make me confident about a statement like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a question of if the level of tennis is in there somewhere. It's just, is it there right now? Um, but that does lead me to say that I think this is going to end up Hachinov and Nadal, Hachinov beating the six seeds Zverev, and then Nadal beating Hachinov and moving on. I'm very similar outcome for me. I... I want I wanted Nadal team rematch, so I guess I'm okay with taking Nadal. But am I really going to take Nadal team? Like it's a, a lot. You have one upset. My upset's in the Fed portion. Or yours is in the Medvedev section, I believe. Mine's in the Fed portion. But like, mm-hmm. do we really think Kachanov? It's just going to be Nadal team Federer Djokovic. Like, are we all sure it's going to be that plain? And I guess the answer is in 2019, it sort of has been that plain. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I think if you're if you're I don't know if you're betting huge sums of money here on your life, yeah. I think you do. I think you put it. I think you put it that plain. And while that might be boring, look, that's kind of been the story of men's tennis for you know a decade or more. So um, that's just kind of the way it is. Like you said, in my bracket, I do at least have a little sp- sprinkle of some other flavor with Medvedev in there first. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's the big guns coming in. Nadal um, is definitely my favorite coming out of here. Completely fair. I would go with. I'll take Zverev over Kiachnov, and then Nadal over Struff, and then. I reserve the right to pick Zverev later if this, you know, if he looks that great in the first week, which, <laughs> good luck. Um, but I'll take Nadal. It just feels like Nadal. It's inevitable. A Nadal team rematch. It's the matchup we all deserve after last year's encounter. Sure. And with all of the quarters drawn, again, I want to leave you with two questions. And we've sort of talked about them, you know, superficially so far. But just directly, I'm going to ask you, the big three seed least likely to make the semifinals is... Well, according to my bracket, it's Djokovic. Um, I so I mean, I think I don't think it can be Nadal. I think he's looked too good in at least those first few matches for him. I think he's got lined up in a pretty comfortable way for him. Um, Agree. I think you're going. This one's difficult for me. I think in terms of draw, your answer is Djokovic. In terms of just the player himself, I think it's Federer. Because um, if you're looking at the Federer draw, I think that's a little more comfortable. But however it's Federer and you know he's 38 and you never know what can happen there so I think if I'm answering intelligently I'm saying Federer but in terms of fun of the draw I'm saying Djokovic because look Djokovic would have to get through potentially someone like Vavrinka and then a Medvedev someone who just beat him you know that's difficult and so I think that that's in play but yeah I think the smart answer here is Fed especially what we've seen with him especially losing last year like he did 
it happens. So I think you got to go with Fed. Yeah. It sounds obvious, but the 38-year-old is probably, you know, he's yeah. 38. Like, you have exactly. to pick that. Novak exactly. Djokovic, Novak Djokovic you, you broke it down perfectly. I completely agree. By section, by quality of players, Djokovic is the hardest. Mm-hmm. Nadal's looks on paper the clear front runner to make that semifinals. Federer, you know, he's got, we mentioned, Goffin, Raonic, Chorich, Dimenauer, Nishikori. There's, there's some talent in there, mm-hmm. but he would still be the favorite just paper to paper. But yeah. It's a two-week event, and you never know with his yeah. knees. So I, I agree with you. I think he's definitely the pick there. My last question, and I guess, you know, again, for our listeners who are unaware, my definition of next-gen, it's all about me. I'm a great shot podcast. Come on. Um, but you, you're you younger than the age of 24. You're born after October 1995 because I consider myself still next-gen. After 24, I promise that will change. But you say Medvedev's the only guy of that group uh, to make the semifinals? Yeah, I mean, if there's going to be one, I think our odds right now are in favor of Medvedev. The thing is, though, look, like I said, the first few rounds for Nadal, I think maybe the first couple, uh, I think are just how he wants them. But look, this is a guy we've seen have injury issues, especially on hard courts later in the season. There's a possibility that his Vera Verahachinov slips through here. I mean, I I don't think that's out of the question. Look, Nadal, it's not like he's very, you know, really young and in perfect form either, right? And so... Say he has a grueling match against you know someone like a Struf or an Isner coming through there, or maybe an informed Chilich who somehow finds his game. I don't know, but there's a possibility that a Hachinov or a Zverev comes through and is that next gen person. In terms of odds, though, I think you got to go with Medvedev, especially with how that draw has the potential to break out. Even if it's playing against Djokovic, he can beat him. Look, it wasn't a three out of five, but he can beat him, and so I think that's why you got to put Medvedev in that category. We talked about Dimenauer and Chorich in that portion of the draw. Just uh-huh. given how open it is, I'd put them on the list of possibility, right? If Fed's upset, you're going to take Gofen as a prohibitive favorite over one of Chorich and Dimenauer. You know, at that point, who knows? Uh, yeah, Kyrgios, a little older than me, but, you know, just maturity level, definitely next gen. Uh, sure, he could make a run. Tsitsipas, Rublev, whoever comes out of that portion could make a run and upset a Dominic team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in in general, I, I I agree with you. It's it's going to be very difficult for these guys, just given the way they all broke down into different sections. That Dominic team doesn't have Medvedev or uh, you know Kachanov or one of those more, you know more established guys in his portion. You know, particularly Medvedev. If Medvedev's in team's portion, I imagine we're all picking him to make the semis. Uh, but that he's in the Djokovic section that really hurts these next gen cruise chances. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I think, like you said, there is a case where Sitsipas gets through here, um, but he's got a bit of a gauntlet to get through before reaching a team, potentially. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and so Dominic team a little too old for this. But yeah, it's, it's just going to be so hard for these guys, you know, just to get to the quarterfinals, let right. alone once you're there. Uh, so that's really But that's the fun of the Grand Slam tennis. So many different things can happen. And again, we at Cracked Rackets will be keeping you guys updated all week long. Check out our podcast, The Mini Break. We're going to have daily updates there, match results, what to watch the next day. I'm sure, you know, the first couple of days are going to be long episodes as there become fewer and fewer matches. Those episodes will shorten down, but be on the lookout for that. Cracked Interviews podcast, Steve Johnson, obviously greatest uh, male collegiate tennis player of all time, in my opinion. Uh, 
current, former top 50 player still in that top 100 competing in the U.S. Open this year. Got the chance to sit down with him, so go give that a listen on Cracked Interviews. Uh, you're obviously listening to a Great Shot podcast now, and we encourage you, th- you know, thank you for listening, but like, rate, subscribe, review this episode, as well as those other podcasts, the Cracked Interviews and the Mini Break. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, you know the deal. Uh, our website, CrackedRackets.com, for all of your updates throughout this year's final Grand Slam. Jamie, with that being said, any final thoughts before we wrap up? I think you hit it all, man. We're going to see what happens. I think part of me is hoping to see the dynasty of the big three, well, mainly Federer and Nadal, continue. And the other part is hoping for a next-gen breakthrough. So kind of, uh, I guess it's a win-win, whatever happens. But I think if we're going with the most uh, most probable here in the U.S. Open, we're going to continue to see that success of Nadal, Djokovic, and Federer once again until we're proven otherwise. But I think you hit it all there, so I think we're good. And with the theme being once again, I will once again thank our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who have a f***ing editing job to do as always. And we will be keeping them busy all U.S. Open long. So seriously, guys, thank you for all of the work you do. But with that being said, for my wonderful co-host, James Foster McDonald, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, and from everyone at both the Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network teams, I am your host, Alex Gruskin. Jamie, what do we tell our listeners? Hey, great shot. And enjoy the U.S. Open. We will see you throughout the slam. Mm-hmm.